Welcome to my podcast, Freestyle. I hope you enjoy this episode and if so, please share on social media. Today I welcome Irish Olympic dressage rider Judy Reynolds. Judy is Ireland's most successful dressage rider and holds the Irish international record for Grand Prix, Grand Prix Special and Freestyle to Music. Judy has represented Ireland at multiple major championships, including two FEI World Cup finals, and in 2016, at the Olympic Games in Rio, Judy became the first Irish rider to qualify for the final. Today I find out about her special relationship with her Grand Prix horse JP, her preparations for Tokyo, and her up-and-coming horses. Thank you very much for listening. Hi Judy. Hi Natalie, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to come on my podcast today. I'm really looking forward to chatting as you've always been someone that I admire and actually JP is one of my favourite dressage horses on the scene so this should be exciting. Oh, thank you and thank you for asking me. Um, can we go back to the start? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Kildare in Ireland um, in a village called Kilteel um, yeah. on, my, on the family farm. Yeah. And um, how did you begin your dressage career? When did it really take off? I had my first encounter or experience with dressage when I was 16 years old. Up until that point, we'd ridden a lot of ponies, done a lot of um, showing like you have in England. Um, yeah. So did everything with the ponies, really had a very um, all-round education. And then at 16, I first started to do a little bit of dressage. And uh, very quickly sort of became hooked. I, I love the, the connection between, you know, the horse and rider and the, the fact that you're continually learning and teaching. And I just, I really love that aspect of it. That sounds good. And when did you, did you do juniors and young riders or anything like that? Or I did one um, junior championship, European championship. That was my first international competition. And then yeah. I did a couple of the Young Rider European Championships, um, but without any success, it has to be said. Oh, well, we all got to start somewhere, haven't we? Yeah. Look where, look where you've ended up. So that's, that's, that's good for everyone that's listening as well to hear that, I'm sure. Um, your top horse, Vancouver, can you tell me about him, his breeding, his temperament? What, what's he like? Yeah, uh, Vancouver, as we call him, JP, um, he is a jazz pharaoh gelding. And oh, I love that breeding. Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jazzes are like my favourite. I just absolutely love them. Yeah, I like them too, but they're, they're not for everybody, you know. Um, but I got him at the start of his six-year-old year. I bought him in Holland. Um, yeah. So I've had him for, for quite a long time. Um, he is a, a horse with a huge character. Um like he draws everybody in um, everybody in the yard, you know, can't but go talk to him because he just he just literally draws people into him. And and he we say all the time that he teaches people in that he he has most people at the yard trained that they all give him treats and he's able to do it on command. Um, it's oh, bless it. <laughs> it's really quite fascinating to watch. Um and everybody, you know, shares lunch with him or, you know, goes, gets some treats because he just has this huge, huge personality and he, he draws people in. But he was a challenging, challenging horse, especially in his younger years. That that breeding, um, as I said, does isn't for everybody. And, no. you know, in his in his younger years, when we were careering around shows um, in all sorts of shapes and poses, 
that weren't uh, certainly weren't designed for the dressage arena. You know, people would ask, oh, "What? What is he?" And he'd say, "Jazz Pharaoh," and they just go, "Oh, okay." Oh. <laughs> and you yeah. went, "Yeah, yeah, that explains a lot." Okay. <laughs> and when you first saw him, did you buy him with the Olympics in mind, or is that something that happened sort of no. organically? At that so. point, the Olympics weren't really on my horizon at all. You know, it was just to have a nice horse to train, and you know, I see what happens like I always came to Germany initially with the idea of see how far I can get you know it was never um with a you know Olympics in mind or something that was all very organic um and when I when we bought him it was also just you know a nice horse you know see see where the journey takes us really yeah and so at what point did you sort of like start to think right this is it he's going to be an Olympic horse um with him it was really it came very late um he as I said he was quite a challenge as a young horse um all the way up he was he also wasn't a successful horse until he got to Grand Prix level um he never won anything at the lower levels he doesn't he doesn't have amazing basic paces you know he has seven paces as in like he is a he is a walk for seven a trot for seven a canter for seven Oh, really? Um, I would have thought he'd be like really exuberant for some reason. No, I don't know. no, not at all. And you know, so that doesn't win you prizes at at young horse level. Um, no. And really, he only came into his own when he when he hit Grand Prix. So, you know, he is a Grand Prix horse. That's what he is. Um, he he yeah. isn't even a horse that does well at small tour level. You know, he's he's Grand Prix horse through and through. And um. So he only really came into, yeah, as I say, came into his own quite late. Um, for him, he started really to show his his talent after the World Equestrian Games in Cannes, which was 2014, I think. Yeah, because yeah, he, he, he'd been showing some promise up to that point, but hadn't handled his nerves very well and and can really kind of took a step back and didn't handle the whole atmosphere and the situation very well and you know kind of had a bit of a disappointing result from where we we had been that year and then we set out that winter to just expose him to everything we could and uh, we went to indoor shows we went to some of the world cup shows and just took him to everything we could get that had more atmosphere because we'd always protected yeah. him up until that point because he was a little bit you know difficult with his nerves so we really exposed him over that winter yeah and then in 2015 that was when the olympic qualification process started for individuals and uh you know we set out in 2015 to try and qualify um and had very much a you know a plan that by the end of 2015 the goal was to be in the top 50 in the world in the world rankings and yeah. by the December, we, we achieved that. And then, you know, just we had this process of when we went to a show in terms of trying to achieve qualification, you, you uh, it was your best counting, you know, your best eight scores counted. Yeah. And we um, went out to or the goal when we went to each competition was to try and beat our worst counting score wasn't to go out and try and write a personal best every time, but try and beat the worst yeah. counting score. So that at each show, we just had a little, a little game, you know? Yeah. But this process really worked very well. And um, 
you know, as I said, by the end of 2015, we had reached the top 50 in the world. And then the, the Olympic qualification process is, especially for the, for the individual, it's, it's a bit of a, a hard, it's a really, really hard fought thing. And coming towards the end of the, the qualification period, having all the time sat in a qualification space all year, coming to the final weekend, I, I wasn't in a qualifi- qualifying position. I'd, I'd been overtaken by other people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we went to Doha as our very final qualification qualifying show yeah. in Qatar. And um, went there knowing I had to, to win back my, my qualification space as such and uh, managed to produce two personal bests. And uh, through that, got our qualification position back so I suppose wow. like really didn't know it was going to happen until until you qualified you know it was it was it was such a tight battle the whole way through why is that then is that because there's other individuals as well you put into like a pool of people then that you just have to wait it out on the best percentage is that kind of how it happened yeah like the Olympics is a complicated thing to qualify for in that you, the different countries qualify teams through different championships so world championships olympic uh, european championships and so on and so forth and then at the end there's only about um oh, there was 20 spaces available then for individuals and yeah. because the olympics promotes all the whole world to be inclusive they divide the world into seven different regions according to the olympics and they ensure that two spots are given to people from all these different regions so okay. that the whole world the whole world gets represented so that's 14 of these 20 spaces are taken up by the regional the regional places and yeah. being from ireland you're in the north west europe category which is the toughest um region to be in you've got all the really yeah. really strong strong nations and then basically these last six individual spaces are done on a special Olympic ranking. So it's your best scores over a one year period. So basically, yeah, you're trying to beat the scores of the other people to yeah. the scores are uh, um, scores are transferred into points and points, you know, make the ranking. So, oh, okay. yeah, well, that's, in- that's interesting to know. So you've ha- you had to sort of battle your way there. Yeah, so you were as much looking what the others were doing as what you were doing because, yeah. you know, you were trying yeah. to stay a step ahead. Yeah, that's hard because you've got a lot of pressure as well. Naturally, you're putting yourself under pressure, aren't you? And you want to do well and you want to get to the Olympics, but you've got to perform at the same time. Um, yeah, but I think it was, for me, it was a huge, it was actually a really good thing to go through because I realised when, when we did those personal bests in Doha, I realised we could perform under pressure and that had always been a thing that I hadn't done well with up until that point so that for me was a really good experience to to realize I could do it yeah it's really and when when you got to the Olympics did you go with any expectations or was it just like you were happy to go really for the first time How, how was it um definitely happy to go I um but personally I don't think I hadn't voiced it going but personally like myself and Patrick would have talked about it that I wanted to get into the final that was my goal I think um everyone else was happy if I got into the special um yeah (laughs) but personally I wanted to get into the final and and we did so I was delighted with that and then going into the final I was like I actually had a really stress-free ride because 
you know, I'd kind of achieved what I wanted to achieve to at that point. Yeah. 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 Oh, that sounds so good. And um, you've obviously got him under control by that point and everything and um, worked out what he needs to be really successful. Um, is he is he a horse that you do a lot of, like, out of the arena things with? Like, do you go hacking? Does he go out in the field? That sort of thing. And he's, what does he do in his regime? Um, he, as he's, you know, as he's gotten older and, and more secure, in the Grand Prix work, he, he doesn't need to do an awful lot of work at the Grand yeah. Prix kind of work as such at that level. So it's really all about keeping him fit and happy and healthy, you know, keeping him that he's not too fat because he would like to he'd like to be a little bit porky if he could. Um, but that's obviously not good for for the body. So, yeah. um, you know, it's keeping him fit and healthy and entertained and then in the couple of weeks leading up to a competition then really kind of focusing on the on the work in in hand as such or you know the work of the grand prix yeah yeah but he does yeah he'll do he will do we do a lot of hacking so you know at least at least twice a week he just hacks um i also do a little hack every day at the beginning of our session yeah i find it's just really good to get out and um, you know, also it's good to walk on different surfaces for the legs and things like that. And yeah, it's, uh, so we do try and do a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Sounds he sounds like a real character. Definitely. Um, where is your favorite international show? I think you've been around the whole world competing. So yeah, where would that be and why? Um, got a few really. Uh, one that we've been to quite often that is just it's a magical competition is the Fritzens CDI, which is in Austria. It's run by the family Swarovski and it's set in the, in the Austrian Alps. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just a stunning, stunning competition. It's, they always keep it quite small. It's very friendly. It's um, absolute top um, facilities. You know, everything is, is really on point. Um, And just the, the, the scenery is is just amazing beautiful isn't it yeah yeah, yeah so that's really a, a very very beautiful competition um in terms of atmosphere i have to say you can't beat Aachen. it's yeah you know it's truly truly something else when you ride into the the deutsche bank stadium and it's full of a very knowledgeable crowd and, yeah you know <laughs> that's that really is quite something else and um in 2017 I had uh, three top five finishes there with JP, and as wow. such, we did our. We you do a second prize giving then in the in the main jumping stadium. So, um, so you get a bigger atmosphere there, then. Yeah, and that's now I have to. I didn't ride JP into the jumping stadium. I wasn't that brave, but um, <laughs> that's really quite incredible. Then you you know doing the prize giving in the jumping stadium as well is is just something else. Um, and then I suppose a one-off show that we did that probably won't come around again was competing in Central Park in two thousand sixteen. Wow. That was um, that really was a once in a lifetime experience uh, riding through the the middle of Central Park. Uh, to go to wow. compete <laughs> that that sounds amazing I mean yeah. if you think about your career and where you've been it's such an amazing opportunity isn't it oh horses bring you to some <laughs> incredible places that you would you wouldn't get to otherwise um I have to admit I don't really know that much about the Irish dressage um system is it similar to British dressage is that how it's run and set up 
it is similar in that yes the levels are the same so working through from prelim up to prison george and on to grand prix so the levels the levels are similar yes and then so what age did you go to germany and i don't really know how long you've been based there have you been there for a long time yes <laughs> i i came over when i was 21 and okay. uh, so i'm heading into 20 years here nearly um it will be 40 this year so yeah i'm here quite a long time um at the first couple of years i i i actually came over and would still go 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 home to ireland in the winter because i okay. wasn't convinced i was you know staying here staying. But then um, <laughs> then i was only ever meant to come for one season and yeah I, i'm still here yeah i did that i went to germany for six weeks and stayed there for three years so i know that that happens it's uh yeah it just it pulls you in doesn't it <laughs> whereabouts in germany are you based when I first came over, I was down in the south of Germany near Munich in Bavaria. Okay. And that was then, um, yeah. that was really very beautiful. I was training down there with Anna Merveld, who's also an Irish rider. Um, okay. So I suppose that was kind of a a slightly softer way in as such, and that I was training with an <laughs> Irish person. Um, yeah. Although I went to my first competition and came last. So oh. <laughs> that, was, that was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, yeah. But so I, I was down in Bavaria for um, nearly six years. Okay. And then um, Anna, decided, Anna moved to Italy and uh, I didn't want to make that move. And I'd already been training a little bit with Johan Hinnemann because Anna trained with Johan Hinnemann um, yeah. also. So I'd had a little bit of experience of training with him. And initially I trained with him still from Bavaria, traveling up to him, which is sort of a, a 10 hour journey. Long way. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually I, I made the decision to, to move up to him full time. So that's uh, kind of near Dusseldorf. That would be the, the main area. And then I'm still in that area, although no longer full time with Johan. I now have my own stable. So. Oh, cool. That's good. So how many horses do you have in your stable and what's your daily routine? What is it like? We keep our stable relatively small in that we normally have sort of 12, 13, maybe 14 horses at the most. Um, yeah. because I like to have very much, uh, you know, hands-on approach and I like to know really what's happening with all of the horses. I don't want to only see them, you know, sort of in passing. Um, so we do keep it relatively small and it's, it's just myself, uh, Patrick, my husband and one working pupil, Enos, who, and we run the yard together. Um, okay. yeah. So on a daily, and that's a mix of some of our own horses, um, younger horses that are our own, and then full-time students. So I have a, I have a full-time student from Australia and another one from Qatar. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's busy because there's only three of us. Um, and, but it's, it's great. I, I enjoy doing a lot with the horses and, you know, really knowing them inside and out. So does your husband ride as well then? He... No, no, not at no. all. He only does work with them from the ground, but he's very, very good with them on the ground. So yeah. especially when the young horses come in and, you know, they don't know so much. Patrick will spend a lot of time with them, you know, teaching them just the basics. But, you know, the, the important stuff like, you know, being polite in the box and when they're getting the rugs changed, they don't, they don't run around the box. They stand and they wait and they pick up all their feet and he teaches them how to load and, and all the stuff that ultimately if we sell them, it gives them a better life because, you know, they're nice, polite horses when they go to their new owners and 
and then they have a better life because of it. So we, we do find it really important to put a lot of time and effort into the into the babies. And what age do you take over riding them personally then? I will ride them from three, provided yeah. they have they're not too brakes and steer, you know, they have <laughs> accelerator brakes and a bit of steering, then I'll, I will ride them already. So I don't do the initial braking in myself. Um, but once they are riding and, and, and going, I will, I will ride them. I, I actually quite enjoy riding the young ones. So, Yeah. And do you have a type of horse, would you say, or are you completely open-minded? I enjoy riding all horses and I enjoy training all horses, but for my own competition horses, I like a hot horse. Yeah. So um, have you got any more jazzes then? coming through i actually don't and we've been kind of on the lookout to try and, <laughs> yeah. and see if we can get something or or maybe even although he's he has passed away maybe even still breed something um with frozen semen but because i really would quite like another one i have a i have a very very quirky seven-year-old who is from the apache line and oh nice yeah, like he's it. also um yeah he's 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 quirky i think he's Patrick keeps saying to me that you know JP was worse, but it was, that was ten years ago. So you know it hurt less ten years ago. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. One of my favorite horses, sadly, he died. Um, but he was a Jazz Tajinski, so he's I like hot hot as well. Mm. Um, and one of my up and coming horses at the minute, he's a Jazz Armani. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, um, I think we probably like similar hot horses to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting. They're more um, challenging, how... but I think ultimately you can get a lot out of them. Yeah, definitely, because they stay yeah. with you in the end, don't they? And that's the nice thing. And they, they get like the more the more they let you in, the better they get, and then they give you their body, and then it's just the best feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. How would you say your riding style has developed and changed over the years? Um, no longer just a passenger doing the steering. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had different trainers through my career at different points a lot of the time just based on you know where I was at the time like as I said I first came to to Germany and trained with Anna Merveld and then trained with Johan um mm-hmm. and from different trainers I definitely learned a lot of different things like I, I always say I learned to ride really when I came to Germany um yeah to you know to really ride from your seat and and influence the horse and and then Johan I think I probably couldn't have funny enough I don't think I could have coped with training with Johan when I first came to Germany I wasn't ready for that it was good that I came to him a bit later um but then he really showed me how to train different kinds of horses and um you know that there's more than one road to Rome and you know how to how to work with the different horses and and that was yeah yeah, I I couldn't cope with that at the time but uh, at the very beginning when I came to Germany but um I really he really refined my riding and um yeah gave me sort of the, the the finer details and do you coach other riders at, well you said you've got some students based with you but do you go and do clinics as well yeah I do well I would do if I could um, <laughs> yeah. normally I would have been in Ireland um teaching on a monthly basis like I would go and do okay. a two-day clinic at least once a month and I really okay, really yeah. enjoy it and I really miss it actually um I love I love teaching people who like to learn. I don't really mind what level you ride at, but um, just being open to, you know, to the idea of new ideas and learning. And then I really, really enjoy it. And uh, I really 
enjoy the clinics. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do any in a year, no, no. which is, you know, is unfortunate. But I have some of my students I teach now online, obviously not okay. all because of, you know, not everybody has the possibility to, to do to that. Do that. But, you know, I do a bit of training now online. And, and that's actually really fun because we're doing it probably a little bit more regularly. Yeah. Um, and then it's been quite interesting to watch the watch the development um through that as well and uh you know so it's it is interesting and uh, i i enjoy teaching a lot and as i say i also have my students at home who i teach on a on a daily basis and yeah i like and do you ever come to england or or do you not really have a reason to haven't had a reason to definitely open to the idea um i've recently actually during lockdown um i've started teaching an event lady, uh, an eventer lady in in England, uh, Kelly McCarthy, and uh, so I've never actually met her in person, but we do regular, yeah. we do weekly lessons. Um, yeah, actually came funny enough, it came through uh, Libby, who's my showgroom, has been working with Kelly in England while there's been no competition. So oh, okay. L- yeah. Libby was like, "You have to train with Judy." So, so I've started training Kelly, and uh, I'm quite keen to, or we, we have plans to to go to Kelly when um when it is allowed again so so that will oh, definitely cool. be a, a a few visits to England and maybe I can I can build on that and do a little bit more you've probably you've, you've done Olympia haven't you in England yes show? amazing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah brilliant show yeah, yeah that's my my favorite show. indoor show yeah it is it is amazing isn't it yeah yeah it's true and what would you say magical. has been your Hello. Hello. I sorry, I lost you then. What would yeah. you say has been the toughest, the toughest moment in your career so far? Um, definitely 2017, three days before the European Championships, when JP went lame. Um, oh. having had that great run in Aachen that I told you about with our three top five finishes and uh feeling feeling like this was going to be our europeans um you know we had we were on a great form and and uh you know a couple of people had had to withdraw from the europeans and i was thinking okay this is it this is our best chance you know to get a get yeah. a, a top 10 finish and uh, yeah. yeah literally three days out he went lame and i was i was pretty devastated i have to say oh and and how did you sort of get through that was that with like your other horses that are up and coming and things like that um yeah then I very much focus on on the recovery you know and, yeah. and getting getting him back to to being fit again it's been the same with other horses you know try not to dwell on the fact that they're out but to focus on how we're going to get it better um and try and understand maybe what went wrong was it you know sometimes it's just you know it's just bad luck you know or in that case I knew <laughs> I, I kind of knew what had happened in that case in Ach and one of the judges had said to me um if only you had a bit of a better extended trot you know because it's not his highlight it's yeah he has a very yeah. kind of normal extended trot we get a seven it's fine and yeah um you know one of the judges had said to me oh, if only you had a bit of a better extended trot god there'd be so many more points so I went after Ach and I was like right I'm gonna get us a Work better extended trot 
and I know that's what did it, you know, and um, and that's what caused the injury. So since then, I'm like, okay, the extended truck we have is just fine. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. that's just, yeah, yeah, and he it's is just, what he is. He yeah. is, exactly, and I can't force him to do an extended trot like uh, totalist, so, you know. I think that's really useful advice because, um, you know, you've got to make the best of what you have, haven't you, um, to, to a degree, and then, you know, focus Absolutely. on your highlights. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, as I said, JP doesn't have these amazing paces, but we are successful by being accurate, by yeah. riding clean tests, um, you know, and yes, there's plenty of horses out there that have better paces, but we can, you know, ride the pirouettes on the point. We can do the twos dead straight with the fifth two on X. You know, we can do stuff like that that maybe other people can't do. So through our accuracy and and uh, uh, correctness, we gain points. Yeah. And what would you say has been your best moment in performance? Uh, the European Championships in Rotterdam 2019, without a doubt. Um, so then, obviously, JP missed the, two, missed the 2017 uh, Europeans and was out for actually a year and 2018 was his first show back having been his last show in 2017 um, yeah which was an interesting experience going to Aachen as your first show in a year <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, we did it we went to try on that year which unfortunately resulted in the final being cancelled due to weather which oh. we had qualified for and oh. uh, so we had that disappointment but we you know we were continued on and the funny thing was JP came back came back actually better from his break and from the injury so you know maybe it was a a blessing in disguise and um we went to the europeans then in 2019 having you know just everything was kind of coming together and he was just feeling so confident in the ring and secure and i we went and rode the we had the team there to try and qualify for for tokyo so there was a yeah. lot of pressure on the grand prix um to pull out a good performance to to try and qualify for qualify the team and i had told everyone that they weren't allowed to tell me what i had to get because i was going in as last rider and i did not want to have a a number in my head that i had to ride for i just sure, wanted to go yeah. in and do the best i could and yeah. um uh, there's 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 a there's a very good photo actually of me coming out of the ring when the score came up and <laughs> and i knew it was enough because it was a personal best and um and uh, I just threw my hands up in the air and JP kind of galloped out of the ring and everyone was having a heart attack because <laughs> I, was, I was heading for the stewards at pace. But um, that, was, that was truly a, a magical moment to, to, you know, do that for the team and, and be able to qualify us. And then, and then the, the following days there, you know, I, I, again, I talked to one of the judges I've met just walking around the showgrounds in Rotterdam, met, came across one of the judges and she had actually given me a, uh, uh, nearly 80% in the Grand Prix and I sort of wow. I stopped her and I thanked her I said it's really you know really very special <laughs> to get that kind of a score I never thought I'd see that score on my test sheet and she, wow. she was very nice and she said to me she said uh, if I can see those scores so will the others just you know keep doing your job and and keep uh, you know keep doing what you're doing okay. and we went into the special um the the next day or the day after and we got 78 percent which uh, again was yeah. a personal best by you know leaps and bounds and I actually had two judges give me nearly 80 percent that day 
and uh you know it just kind of gave me that confidence to believe in ourselves and believe in us and not be sort of the the little girl on 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 jp and and actually sort of be like no we we can do this we can you know we can be here among the best and we finished fifth in the fifth in the special which put us into the final group in the freestyle and i actually started last in the freestyle wow and uh yeah, I got 85% there and yeah, I just, I don't know, can't believe it still. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, those scores are still just like, wow. <laughs> you know? Such a good achievement. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, which of the dressage riders do you admire? Um, oh, a, a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I do really admire um, Isabel, Isabel Verde. Yeah. You know, just, she continues to bring out top horses, you know, and, and there's not many people yeah that can just do that time and time again and you know she doesn't get made horses that's not what she likes to do she likes to get them young and you know bring them on herself and uh yeah the fact that she's still doing it and you know she's 50 plus now and still at the top of the game and yeah that's it's inspiring yeah definitely yeah she is amazing Um, do you think it's pure hard work to get to the top or do you think there's an element of like luck and the right timing? Both, definitely. Like, yeah, you have to be prepared to work hard. You have to be prepared to sacrifice a lot. Um, yeah. In terms of, you know, yeah, not going to, you know, the parties and things like that. Cause you know, you're going to go to bed early. You're going to get up early and do the <laughs> training and, and things like that. Like it's definitely a lot of hard work, but it does have a certain amount of, of luck to it as well um, yeah. having having the right horse at the right time in your own career you know in terms yeah. of are you would you have been able to ride this horse 10 years ago or you know things like that no uh, I think I think you you're right because you said that earlier as well like just with your training that you wouldn't have been able to, tra- to train with Johan Hinneman at that early time um, yeah. I yeah I think that's so that's, that's definitely true that's definitely an, an element of it and then also at some of the competitions you know just having it go your way that the the who's starting and you know things like that and you have to take those moments and enjoy them because there's enough moments in this sport that go the other way so you know when it does go your way you know embrace it go with it yeah I must say you do sound very positive and mentally very balanced which is you know it's obviously helped you a long way Try to be. Patrick might not agree with you all the time. <laughs> um, so you're currently in the preparation for Tokyo. How's it going? Yeah, that's a funny one at the moment, isn't it? Because it's all very much up in the air, and uh, you know, you're still kind of wondering is it is it going ahead? We're obviously working and planning as if it is. I think yeah. this week they're going to have a new announcement, so we'll we'll know more at the end of this week, which will be good. Um, because, yeah, we're into three months away now. So, you know, it is actually kind of getting to the finer end of the stick. Um, so just JP had a very easy year last year. He really did very, very little because with the Olympics being off and mm-hmm. he is an older horse. So there was no need to, to you know, put Push miles it. on the clock exactly yeah. that, you know, were unnecessary. So he's back in, you know, full work now doing everything um, and building up and we will do a couple of competitions now in preparation um so hopefully in in may we'll be heading uh to munich for our first cdi yeah. all going well and then really cool. it'll just kind of depend how he is you know he um 
he how he reacts when he comes out he could he could well be totally bonkers and might need a couple of shows to to calm down because he's 19 but nobody's told him that he doesn't he, he doesn't know it um so we'll just you know we'll take it and and see how he is I have another horse Leroy who will also be bringing with me on those competitions um and you know okay. Leroy is there and hopefully will be qualified as well and we'll just see how how things really go because okay. you know JP is I'll an older horse so you know I I'm not taking anything for for granted, granted and yeah. also don't push him you know really I've saying this now for a couple of years and I'll stop when he says he wants to stop you know he's it's he owes us nothing um but at yeah. the moment he is up for it you know he's you're walking in the arena you pick up the reins and he's <laughs> like you know let me at it so at the moment there's no reason to stop you know he's he's really enjoying himself um he you know has fun in the work so at the moment there's no reason to stop but it's it's his choice at the end of the day and will you have to do anything in his routine differently to prepare for the heat um yeah that's uh we've had a couple of um online seminars with our olympic federation recently about you know dealing with the heat and different things and obviously it's easier as the as the human athlete to prepare you know through heat chambers and saunas and hot baths and things like that but it's yeah. obviously very difficult to take your horse with you into the sauna so yeah. <laughs> like I, in a way we could be lucky in that if it's quite hot again here this summer you know that will be a certain element of preparation last year we had or the last couple of years we've had you know a number of weeks where it's been well over 30 degrees every day so you know that's certainly a, a good preparation but I think if that yeah. doesn't happen like there's not a huge amount we can do with the horses but maybe little things like riding them with uh you know with rugs on with quarter quarter rugs uh, quarter sheets on you know exercise rugs to you know um recreate a little bit more the heat factor the sweat factor really that they're going to have to sweat and and you know get used to that but I think probably our our weather here alone will, will play a certain element of it, or a certain and element the of preparation. That, yeah, the other horse that you mentioned mm. uh, that you're going to camp- campaign as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that one? Yeah, Leroy is uh, he's owned by an Irish lady in America, Sonia Tsugal, and okay. um, he was originally bought for her to ride herself, but uh, that didn't quite work out. So he he came to me to ride and compete, and um, He's he's a Danish warm blood. Um, uh, he's lacking lacking experience overall. So we've been trying to get him out to to national shows. It, obviously, it wasn't a great <laughs> um, set of circumstances for him. That basically we've had no shows for you know nearly a year um, because he really needed to get out and do you know do the small stuff to get routine. But you know, unfortunately, that has been very difficult yeah. yeah yeah so that's still a little bit what he's lacking but um you know we'll make the best of it and we've trying to prepare him as well as possible but uh he's he's a he's a good horse in, inexperienced at this level so we just have to see what happens really when we when we get him out yeah yeah so you haven't got any expectations you're just going to go for it and just see you know see what happens in us in these yeah. next three months yeah that's it make the make the most of what we can and you know see what see what comes um, together in the future so like in 10 years time where are you hoping to be it's a big question that one isn't it yeah <laughs> well maybe say maybe say five years ten years. <laughs> i never really think quite that far ahead um 
10 years okay be hitting 50 uh, i could still be riding yeah definitely yeah definitely um, yeah. yeah like you know this there's isabel and, and dorothy they're the same age and um you know can definitely definitely still be doing it um i think keep riding as long as as long as it feels can. right you know um yeah and I've always said I'd like I'd stay in Germany while as long as I'm competing at this level. Um, ultimately, I would like to move back home. Really? To, yeah. To Ireland? Yeah. yeah, Ireland is home. You know, always yeah. has been, always will be. Um, I, I, it's funny when I go home to Ireland, I say I'm going home, and then when I come back to Germany, I say I'm going home. So you know, I have, I have, I'm quite lucky. I have, I feel at home in in both countries. But ultimately, I would like to be in Ireland, also to be able to to give back more to you know yeah. the, the dressage community in Ireland and be able to give what you know pass on what I've learned here in my years so ultimately that would be the goal but while I'm still competing at this level for me it makes sense to be here you know you're you're closer to the action um in terms of competing you know from Ireland it is a two-day journey to get to to the big competitions yeah yeah and yeah. you know we always say you, you'd be your horse would be standing on a truck while your competitors are still training at home so um yeah cool. you know so for that reason I like to be here more central um yeah yeah so I, I don't know really I don't really have an answer to that question that's okay um are, are your family horsey um they are now yeah yeah <laughs> no they, they are and they aren't uh they are they are really uh my mum always had a connection to horses since she was young um my dad didn't at all um but then we had ponies when we were small and you know so the three of my, myself my brother my sister we all rode and um, my sister still breeds a little bit uh ponies okay. yeah. um just you know very much on a hobby basis and um my brother his he didn't ride for a long time but now his two boys are starting to ride so you know he's kind of getting getting back into it that way through the kids um so they are and my dad comes to all the competitions you know he's always he's always there and there's great support so um they've become very horsey and my dad can also now tell you you know what's a good grand prix what's not a good grand prix uh, yeah know. so it's yeah become very good and, and poor patrick my husband like he wasn't horsey at all either but and he is now <laughs> he is now <laughs> it's, it was kind of a sink or swim thing you know you got to get used well, it's to all about the, it. It's all about the team as well in the journey, isn't it? It's not just you. It's all the people around you that are so important in it all. Very much so. And I, I very much know that I wouldn't be here without the people I have around me. You know, Patrick has been, as I said, he wasn't horsey, but, you know, he, he is now. He's learned it. You know, he's able to be on the headset at the competition in the warm-up, you know, helping me get prepared. He's very good at helping me on the on the mental side of it as well you know really, about yeah. keeping focused and and getting my focus where it needs to be Um, obviously without my parents never would have gotten into it and they still support me you know um they're still a huge help so yeah you know it takes it takes a lot of people to to make keep this show on the road and you know not to mention sponsors who you know we'd be lost without you know we have some fantastic yeah. sponsors and great irish companies who who sponsor is like horseware and gain feeds and TRM and we'd be lost without them. They're, they're a huge help. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's so good. Um, somebody's asked me as well. Um, what are Judy's top tips for 
uh, spooky horses in the arena. I don't know. That's not that easy, is it, to answer? But No, but those kind of things, spooky and horses that are scared of other horses, that kind of stuff, it's uh, yeah. always, there's always a, a small amount of it is a genuine fear um, yeah. in the horse. But a huge amount of it, I find, is dependent on yeah. obedience. So that the horse yeah. is through you know that magical word we have in dressage yeah trueness <laughs> yeah. but you know the, the but that means is the horse on your aids like trueness i to me means do your aids come through so if you push does the horse go if you put a half up does the horse stop if you push with your right leg if you push with your left do these aids come through to where they're going but you know this throughness so that the horse is on the aid so that if there is something scary you're able to give a half or you're able to push with your inside leg flex to the inside and if all these things come together yeah the horse will go past what it's scared of and then through time the horse learns that you're not gonna overface him you're not going to ask him to do something that he's not capable of doing and he learns to put his trust in the rider and that ultimately is what you need because then at the end of the day the horse will go through fire if you yeah if you ask it to you know um because the trust is is that high but it starts with obedience and you know correct correct application of aids and correct response to that and then you build from that and that's the same whatever the issue is really yeah they're getting that training right yeah yeah um, yeah. Someone else has said, does Judy have a fitness routine? Bad question. Move on. <laughs> um, someone has said, advice for anyone that has is having setbacks in competitions. Oh, God, we all have those. Just, you know, yeah, you're not the only one, you know. Yeah. And, you know, especially nowadays, it's actually, oh, it's, you know, social media has a great, everyone shows their best side you know yeah. on social media everyone's having a great time everyone's <laughs> being successful I don't put up the bad results on social media I put up the good results you know yeah, exactly um, so yeah it's very easy to think everyone is winning and you're not but that's so not the case you know right. everyone yeah. is having hard times and everyone's having bad results I've, I've been eliminated in Grand Prix it happens shit happens <laughs> my bride yeah. fell off in Aachen in the middle of the ring a couple of years ago like it's Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I was riding a test and finished, halted at X. The horse shook his head and the bridle came off over the years. I had to dismount in the oh. middle of the ring in Aachen and eat my horse out. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, this stuff happens, but it's just, you know, to a certain extent, that kind of stuff, learn to laugh at it and move on. And Move on. You yeah. know, I'm sure, you know, I kind of now say, well, I was the first person probably to dismount in the middle of the ring. It's fine. <laughs> I, you know, that, but yeah. And then other stuff, learn to analyze it okay what went wrong what do I need to work on what's my homework what do I improve before I come out again and and look for the little wins you know don't don't worry about what everyone else is doing you know set your own goals and 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 work towards those really like in that in that year when I was trying to qualify for the Olympics you know initially back in in 2016 there's no point me going out thinking I want to be top three at this competition it was about beating myself it was about beating my own scores that I'd already you know set so improving your performance ultimately as well yeah, yeah and then and then you come out thinking you've won because or feeling like you've won because you've achieved that goal that you set so that's really important well no that's really good advice well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today 
Um, thank you. I wish you all the best in your campaign to Tokyo. Thank and you very much. Uh, hopefully speak to you again in the future. I'd love to. Yeah, be great. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Judy, for talking to me today. I really enjoyed it. I wish you all the best of luck in the future with all your up and coming horses. And I hope that the preparations for Tokyo go really well and that you have an amazing show once you get there. I think what's lovely about your story is your relationship with JP, that it wasn't always plain sailing and easy. And I think that's very humbling for the listeners to know and hear that with determination and hard work, anything's possible. So thank you for inspiring everybody. If anyone wants to follow Judy, it's judyreynolds.de. And if you want to follow her on facebook or instagram it's judy reynolds dressage thank you again for listening and if you enjoy this episode please share it on social media